0: On this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texas, highlights from day four of Houston Texans training camp with features, a great production from the defense, and is it time to start looking at Nico Collins as the number one wide receiver for this organization? Uh, let's
1: talk this countdown and talk about all of this you talking about right now. Let's go, Texas fans. You are Locked On Texans daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Locked On Texan fans out there. Thank you for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Hickman. This is Cody Davis. Cody says Nico could possibly be the number one receiver on this team. Can't wait to dive into all of that. I'm super excited for today's episode. I'm Nico Collins, we are finally going to get an opportunity to talk about the defensive line. And the tight end group, let me tell you guys something right now just to kind of pre-get into it. Hey, man, I may owe Pharaoh Brown some apologies. That's all (laughs) I'm going to say. Before we talk about Nico Collins, I do want to give you guys a couple of quotes and what's going on in practice right now. Uh, Lovey Smith talked about Kenyon Green. When he talked about Kenyon Green, he said, I would say he's having a normal rookie progression. We'll continue to let him go with the ones as well. He continue with, we know he's going to play for us. It's just about getting him looks, as many as we possibly can. And talking about the rookie, Kenyon Green, got to kind of transition over to the rookie running back, Damian Pierce, who might end up the day one starter when the season starts. The coaches are loving his production right now at camp. He had a long run through the middle on Tuesday score he's been showcasing his quickness and his explosive cuts which is something that the houston texans has missed since the days of really arian foster we had a you know a couple of good years with mm-hmm. lamar miller but from a young guy in the nfl arian foster they've been missing that since then also rex burkhead has also been having a very good camp the last couple of practices as well and listen one of the biggest takeaways from practice right now, especially on Tuesday, has to be Davis Mills. By the end of practice, guys, Mills ended the 11-on-11 11 11 drills, 13-17 to 17, with two red zone TDs. He also had four tuggies during the 7-on-7 seven seven drills. Right now, you know, over the weekend, we thought he had a bad practice or the defense was getting to him because he was taking those checkdowns. But right now, Davis Mills is in full control of this offense. But a couple of those touchdowns, Went to Nico Collins, and, and if you guys haven't followed me on Twitter, you see the Twitter name, John underscore Hickman 12. Go to my Twitter page. I put one of those catches that Nico had up on Steven Nelson. It's not
0: one of, it's the catch. The catch.
1: Excuse me, Cody. I put that on my Twitter page where he kind of just, not kind of, he flew right past him, kind of hit him with a, oop, get out the way. Oop, Davis Mills put it in the air. Oop, coming down with it, Cody. How good really is Nico Collins at practice right now?
0: Look, and I'm glad that we are talking about Nico Collins because you remember on yesterday, I did flirt with the idea about the possibility of us and everyone looking at Nico Collins as the possible number one target in this passing game towards the end of next season. However, John, listeners and viewers, what I'm about to say isn't due to what just took place between him and Steven Nelson on yesterday. It's more so of me going into a week of watching nico collins throughout training camp it's more so of me watching nico collins throughout otas and mini camp it's more so of me hearing from sources hearing from other people telling me how much work nico collins has put in throughout this off season. and look what i'm about to say is when you go back and you take a look at that video and you can find that video on john twitter page as he just mentioned remember yesterday john i said that nico collins is looking faster he's looking a lot quicker he know he, he he's gotten to the point where he understands how to use his 6'4 stature to go out there and get those 50 50 balls to go out there and be the reliable pass catcher for not for davis mills and for this whole entire offense that is what you see in that video And like I just mentioned, that highlight was by far is the biggest highlight of training camp as of right now. But everything that I have been raving about in terms of what I have been seeing from Nico Collins ever since the start of OTAs is in that video. Don't take my word for it. Just listen to what Coach Lovey Smith had to say about Nico Collins.
1: Well, that's tough duty for a defensive back. Steve, you know, the one play that you're talking about, Defensively, Steve Nelson is in pretty good position. But when you're, you know, six four, most corners are around six feet. Uh, that's a pretty good matchup for us. Nico Collins is an excellent football player. We expect him to make plays like that.
0: So after hearing what Lovey Smith had to say, that lets me know over the course of 17 weeks, Nico Collins is going to have a favorable matchup throughout the whole entire season not only that when I take a look at what Lovey Smith had to say when I take a look at what Brandon Cooks had to say when I go back and I reevaluate Nico Collins's performance once again not just in training camp but throughout OTAs and minicamp I'm looking at this from a standpoint that this is a possibility that Collins can definitely be this team's number one wide receiver at the start of the at the start of the 2022 campaign John, listeners and viewers, I understand it. I get it. Some of you guys might be, might be saying to yourself, Cody, you might be hyping him up a little bit too much. However, I do want to mention this. I understand why some people might be a little bit nervous saying that Nico Collins is taking the helm as this team's number one wide receiver. It's not too often you see a guy who recorded 446 receiving yards as a rookie all of a sudden jump up and be be the organization's number one option in a passing game. However, I do want to mention this, and I want everyone to keep this in mind. As a rookie, he, he suffered not one, not two, but three nagging injuries, a shoulder injury, a foot injury, and a hip sprain. Not only that, you got to keep in mind the inconsistencies that the Houston Texans were going through at the quarterback position. Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor. It was hard for him to find camaraderie with his quarterback. However, I do want to mention this as well. It's kind of ironic that towards the end of the season, like the promise that we saw out of Davis Mills, we started seeing in Nico Collins as well because the Texans finally gave him some consistency at that position. And of course, last season was his first real season playing playing football on any type of level because he took his final year at Michigan off just to prepare for the upcoming NFL draft.
1: Yeah, forget all of that. Let me tell you what I like about Nico is 6'4. He ran a 4'440. Let's see here. He ran a 4 four forty. And then when we look at favorable matchups for Nico Collins, right, coming into the season, he opens up against the Colts, Kenny Moore, who he will be presumably going against at times during that matchup. Kenny Moore is 5'9. With the Broncos, Darby, he's 5'11. Jalen Johnson and Duke Shelley for the Bears. Jalen Johnson is six foot. Duke Shelley is 5'9. Asante Samuel Jr. for the LA Chargers, he's 5'10. Darius Williams and Shaquille Griffin for the Jags. Darius Williams is 5'9. Shaquille Griffin is six foot. At the very least, with a 4440, and he are four. We are expecting for you to either beat him over the top of speed or come down with the ball because of your size. So all, all that other stuff, Cody, is nice. I'm glad you said it. But he's a <laughs> physical freak and he should get that damn ball. That's all I wanted to say. Nico's having a great camp, and I can't wait to see, see him play some uh, preseason football. Then we'll get into the regular season, guys. Life is full of twists and turns, and it's important to show up for yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Now, when it comes to therapy, that is a very touchy subject of mine because I just love speaking about it. I think therapy is a great thing. Whenever I was going through the wedding process, I seek the help through therapy to become a better man so I can eventually be a better husband. So I'm an advocate of therapy. This is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log in to your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. It's more affordable than traditional therapy, traditional or offline therapy, and financial aid is available. So there is help out there while you're trying to seek help. Visit their wealth website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Don't be ashamed, get the help that you need so we can all be here for tomorrow. Small eyes on our face and hopefully see the tex win more than four games this year. They also have a special offer for my listeners. Hey, go ahead and get 10% off your first month of betterhelpcom help.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at better help. slash
0: locked on. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked on Texans. And on yesterday, the defense had a really good day during day four of training camp. As a matter of fact, I counted that the secondaries had three pass deflection that easily could have went the other way however john listeners and viewers the biggest highlight about how well this defense played on yesterday was the big guys up front john i know you're gonna love that and let me just say this if this was a monday recap installment of locked on texans one the way both sides of the ball looked on yesterday i would say that one this would be a win but two and most importantly, I think you and I, in terms of the big guys up front, we will be talking about the number of sacks that this team was able to get. Me personally, between 11 on 11 and the two-minute drills, I counted three sacks that the defensive line got. Some highlights I want to give. Jerry Hughes got a sack off the edge by beating Laramie Tunsil. When I say beating Laramie Tunsil, he and, beat Laramie Tunsil pretty bad.
1: And Larry Larry Tussle talked about. We talked about it yesterday. He mentioned it. They are kind of going with the iron iron shopping the iron iron route because mm-hmm. he mentioned how good Addison and Hughes and them and Grenard has been and helping him get better as well. So mm-hmm. um, you can look at it as Titus getting. I mean, Titus uh, Laramie getting beat, or you can also look at it like, hmm. well, they got some vets in here that know how to win at the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, and once again, when I tell you, Titus got beat pretty bad. He got beat pretty bad. So that was a sack. And of course, these sacks are non-contact sacks. All they could do is just touch the quarterbacks at this stage. Mario Addison picked up a sack on Kyle Allen. John Grenard, probably our favorite player on the defensive side of the ball. He didn't get a he didn't get a sack. However, he did get a nice tackle for loss, stopping one of the running backs, and that was very good because the running backs. Four days into camp, John, listeners and viewers, they are damn near having their way. I don't know if it's because of the offensive line is blocking a lot better or it's just the fact that the talent is a lot better. They Uh, are moving. Yes, sir. They are moving the chains in that backfield, and I loved it. But John Grenard got a big tackle for loss by stopping one of the running backs. Forgive me. I I can't remember which running back it was, but that was a good play. Uh, Malik Collins took a young rookie to work. Took the young rookie to school, Kenyon Green. John, I know that's your boy, but that one play where he beat Kenyon Green, it looks pretty bad. I'm not about to get on the young rookie because he has a lot to learn. That goes back to what we just finished talking about, about Jerry Hughes and um, Laramie Tunsil. You could look at that as iron sharpening iron because if... Keon Green is going up against the likes of a Malik Collins during practice. That means he's going to be ready by the start of training camp. And this is my favorite part. I mentioned that the Texans had three sacks. Yes, who had the third sack of the day? Rookie Jalen Petrie. Ah. And when I tell you Jalen Petrie is looking damn good, John. With the ugly face. I'm talking about like... Damn good. Whew. All I can tell you is the Houston Texans got something special in that young man. Last week we talked about top storyline. Who is going to take the ham as this team leading safety after the departure of uh uh of, of, Justin, of I mean, uh, Reed Justin Reed. Uh, of Justin Reed. They are in good hands with Jalen. Cody I already forgot about Reed. Uh, uh, what's his name you know his
1: brother was and you know what I hate
0: most about this this is the second time I did this because I had a radio spot on Sports Radio 610 and I was talking about how can the safety group recover after losing Justin Reed and I drew a blank once again and I I don't know how I keep forgetting about Reed, but, you know, shout out to Jalen Petrie. That should let you know how great of a training camp Jalen Petrie is having right now. Yeah, Jalen Petrie
1: has been the standout completely, right? And and I think he is preparing to be the day one starter. You know, between Petrie Mm -hmm. and Pierce, I didn't think that they would be the day one starter when, when, you know, the season started. I thought by the end of the year they would solidify themselves as the starters for the Houston Texans. But right now he's looking to be the day one starter. Aside from that all white unit, he rocked the other day with the red <laughs> helmet—the one I I, I I wanted to do that on Madden, but they ain't got the helmets on there yet. But uh, he's been actively making plays, breakups, uh, knockdowns, and for fun, he's sharpening himself. Whenever he's uh dropping an in interception, he's doing pushups. Right, so like he he has that energy out there—a young rookie energy—that I think what the Houston Texans were able to do kind of take some young talent, sprinkle it in here, mix it in with some veteran talent that knows the NFL and how to work and how to win at their position. And, you know, I do expect for this roster to be better. saw a talk on on Twitter saying that the Texans had the worst roster in the league, like Atlanta isn't in the league. Lovey Smith also talked about uh, John Grenard, said that he sees a confident guy. First off, you don't walk and talk unless you feel confident about who you are as a football player and what you can do, and sometimes it takes a leader to get those things going just a little bit. So it's Carter Grenard, a leader, very confident in his game. He also continued with John Grenard also said – I'm sorry, John Grenard also said his foot feels great. He's feeling confident, looking forward to building from his season career, career year mm-hmm. last year. Uh A-Sax almost got to the double digits. I think he'll get it this year. He was also, again, as Cody mentioned, very disruptive during camp on Tuesday. And you guys are going to love this. For those of you who's been asking, Christian Harris has been running with first team at practice Mm -hmm. as well. They've talked about this young man's speed, his IQ, everything he's doing on the football field. And again, we wish we had Mitchie out there to talk about him as well with the Houston Texans rookies. But right now, Houston brought in some some maybe – You know, high-risk, high-reward players. But as of right now, at the very least at the training camp level, they're figuring this thing out. They're going out there and kind of stamping themselves at their positions, the running back, the safety, uh, linebacker group. And so I I love it. I really want to see, and I should be out there Saturday, I want to look at this young man, Thomas Booker. I -hmm. really want to see what Thomas Booker can do for the interior defensive line for Houston. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and the games, right? Find reviews and news of every league, on every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered just like we got you covered. So head to the BetOnline.net website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. and We are no longer in the offseason. So all 32 teams are covered over at the Locked On NFL Podcast. Make sure you check those guys out. Cody? Uh I started the show off by saying I may owe Farrell Brown an apology. <laughs> we will see how it goes uh, with Farrell Brown during preseason and the regular season. Uh, but the tight end group with Brevin Jordan and Farrell Brown, they have been having maybe the best competition in camp right now of all of the groups. Both of those guys have been getting that connection with Mills down, catching tough passes making great blocks. They're catching some of these tough passes over the middle, over guys. Brown is the starting tight end as of right now, according Mm -hmm. to Coach Smith. He called him a big body, and the Texans will have a role for him. Before I give it over to you, Cody, because I know you're out there. You're seeing those guys put that work in. You know what I like? Clarity. (laughs) And, you know, personally, we have not had clarity on the tight end group in a very long time, right, in terms of trying to maximize their strengths, trying to limit some of the things that they're not just necessarily good at. But overall, including them, right, it's good to hear your head coach say we will have a big role for him, right? Mm -hmm. It's good to hear him praise Brevin Jordan, which Lovey Smith has been doing, and I wouldn't be surprised, and I've said this before, he's a Miami guy, and Jimmy Graham went to Miami. I did. I said this before, I wouldn't be surprised if Texans, uh, the coaching staff, utilized him really in that passing game, maybe playing, getting them out in their slot and getting some one-on-one matchups. They talked about how much of a matchup problem he is, right? And so I like the fact that we're getting clarity on what we may possibly see out of the tight end group instead of the normal well, we got guys, they're figuring out and we're going to include them somehow. And, you know, the whole spiel, that's a part of the New Day Texan feel that we are getting so far in camp.
0: Yeah, and that i was about to get at that because we talk a lot about (laughs) brethren jordan and pharaoh brown's talent so much here on this show and what i'm seeing out of the tight end core especially with those two guys john it just goes back to something that i already projected pep hamilton is utilizing these guys in the right way both of these guys are pass catching tight ends in every single day both of these guys are going out there making plays on the ball i mean you you gave the stat earlier on in the show if i'm not mistaken davis mills finished yesterday's practice going 11 for 17 and half of those was just making completions to both Farrell brown and Brevin Jordan, we talked about Nico Collins being a tough matchup. <laughs> you can't sleep on Pharoah Brown as well. I mean, that guy, he's pushing, what, 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, he's going to have a favorable matchup speedy. as well. And he'll speedy tight end as well. And look, by the way, both of these guys their blocking was eh, met at times i'm also seeing improvements in their blocking in both the passing and run blocking as a matter of fact on yesterday i saw brevin jordan just manhandle defensive lineman rasheen green i love that from from brevin jordan because as we all know that is part of the reason why brevin jordan failed down to what i believe it was the fifth round during the 2021 NFL draft and I love what I'm seeing from this tight end core John listeners and viewers and like I just mentioned I truly do believe that at the end of the day they're working with an offensive coordinator who who are utilizing and 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 creating plays that is up to the level of their skill set instead of throwing some vanilla offense out there and say look you go out there and fit in where you can or whatever the case might be Right. And, and guys,
1: remember, Cody and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. And I mentioned the first couple of years uh, the Colts had under Pep Hamilton as offensive coordinator, right? Listen, we may came into this training camp and, and still the season hasn't started. They still got to play against other guys. But maybe we looked at Brevin Jordan as the number one tight end to where he can mm-hmm. have number one tight end numbers. And we didn't really consider, at least I did, Farrell Brown and his contribution that he may possibly have with this offense. But I do want to say this. Kobe Fleener, Jack Doyle, that, that rookie year, and Dwayne Allen, they both contributed all three together to the tight end group, and they was able to put points on the board and get yards. The following year, it was a group effort. And so, again, what we've said a long time ago here on the show, expect for Houston to have 12 personnel out there more than what we've seen last year. Mm -hmm. and expect this to I I think now I can correct myself I still think Brevin Jordan is the better younger tight end but we should now expect the possibility of a group effort at this tight end group to where they may combine for maybe 800 yards and eight or nine touchdowns but those are all significant numbers again everybody's not getting a George Kittle uh uh, the top tier Mark Andrews the, the Kelsey's everybody's not getting those type of players the Wallace but if your group can combine together to make this offense move, put points on the board, and at the tight end position, block and get first downs? No complaints out of me, I'll tell you that. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Texans. Subscribe on YouTube. We're under Locked on Texans. Hey, please, uh, John underscore Hickory 12, <laughs> if you watch the show, just go ahead and, you know, or listen, follow me on Twitter as well, please. I, I need the followers.
0: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.